Should we tell everyone that I'm pregnant? No, it's none of their business. Hello, welcome to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, publishing, parenthood, and marriage. We're back. Finally. I'm, I'm Barry Liga. With me, yes, still, is Morgan Baden. <laughs> we survived the move. Not, mu- not that much has changed. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's talk. Uh, the move, as you intimated. That's why we've been gone all this time. We actually were going to record our first post-move podcast last week, and I came into the office and plugged in the microphone, and it was dead. Yeah. So we, it took us a little while to get a new one. We don't know what happened, but now we have a new trusty microphone. I guess that was really the only moving casualty we had. Yeah, so seriously. We, we had a terrific move. We can't really complain all that much. And I think, you know, we're not going to talk too much about it because this is not moving in real life. But I think the biggest, uh, best surprise for us was the way Leia just took to the new house immediately, had no problems, no issues. You know, it was like she's lived here her, here her whole life. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. there was we had a little talk beforehand about wow, you know, how's she going to do the first night, and is she going to mm-hmm. be able to sleep, and and this is that the other thing, and she just was like, oh no, I've always lived here. I have to say, yeah, I don't know if it's coincidence if she grew out of that bad sleeping phase that we had for quite a while there, but she sleeps like a dream here. Oh, I wish you hadn't said I that. I know because I, I just jinxed you it, just but jinxed um, it. I don't know if it's you know she's upstairs and. We're downstairs. Yeah, it's a whole different world. And so, you know, coming from a, a very small apartment where if you turned on the kitchen light, we knew that she could see it in her bedroom. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I think some of that has something to do with that, it. That may. And, you know, it's funny because we did mention in the last podcast before our hiatus that she was having trouble sleeping. And we didn't, we weren't quite sure why or, or what to do about it. And it seems to have re- resolved itself. But Eugene commented on that episode and, and mentioned that uh, it's possible that at this point um, she could be having nightmares. Right. Yeah. And, which just breaks my heart. I know. Because I think, like, what nightmare could she be having? I like, know. She does, I do want to know I mean, what a baby she could, is. She, it's entirely possible. Obviously, I imagine it has something to do with us. You know? like, and, and because we're the, the constants in her life. Yeah. Uh, so, just speaking of this, this is a quick, funny little story. Sure. Which is that um, I am a, a Snapchat fan. And so every now and then I'll show Leia the part where you can add filters to your face. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes there are scary looking ones. And for fun, a while ago, I took some photos of us with the scary looking ones and forgot about them. And they've been saved in my photos. And one of her favorite things to do is take my phone and look through old photos and videos. You told me this, and I didn't quite believe it was as bad as you yeah, said it was. Yeah, no one believes daddy. <laughs> oh, daddy's an idiot. But she, I was sitting with her when she saw some of those photos of her with very scary filters. And she, I mean, she freaked out. She freaked She, out. like, said no, no, I no, and you, threw the phone down. I told you she didn't like uh-huh. that, and you didn't believe me. And then you saw it with your own two eyes. So I, I deleted those photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she does so not anyway, like that. So anyway, maybe she was having Snapchat nightmares. <laughs> I, I often have Snapchat nightmares, so that's entirely possible. So the move went well. Uh, we're still settling in, obviously. But it, it I, is a constant process. It but, is. Yeah. But I have to, and actually, I don't think we've had a real, like, heart-to-heart about this, but um, do you miss Brooklyn? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, for, for various reasons at various times. I mean, right now, the heat is sort of ungodly. Right. And heat so dumb. to go anywhere with Leia um, 
we are within walking distance to some places, but I think there's a very good chance one or both of us would not survive the walk. Right, yeah. So to go anywhere with her at all, I have to put her in the car, which is a whole production. Yeah. And so it means if I'm just going out for five minutes to get something, I really have to say to myself, all right, how badly do I need to go out for this thing? Yeah. Um, so, you know, during during the day when I'm with her, obviously, th- this is an issue. So in that respect, I miss being able to quickly throw her in the stroller, run five minutes up the street, run five minutes back, no matter how hot it yeah. is. I mean, the I'm funny done. thing is that she, I mean, for a kid who basically lived in her stroller yeah. in Brooklyn, she's never in her stroller she, now. You know, I put her in the stroller the other day. Uh, for for a particular reason, and it was hilarious. She loved Aww. it. It was like an old friend to her. She got <laughs> very excited when she saw it. She pointed. She clapped. When I put her in it and pushed her, she did this thing that she does now, where she went "wee" as I was pushing her in the stroller, which just cracked me up. She says so, "wee" when we go down the stairs now. It's yeah, very cute. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, part of that I think is a we moved and it's hot, so we don't use the stroller as right. much because you're getting in the car. But part of it also is that she's so much more mobile now, so we walk. She walks a lot more. Yeah. So if yeah. we're doing, like, we walk up and down the street right. almost every day. And, uh, you know, if this were Brooklyn, she'd be in the stroller. So I don't know. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. But you personally, how do you, do you miss Brooklyn, like, on a on a day-to-day basis? Or is it just, like, a fleeting it, you know, memory? It, 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 no, not a fleeting <laughs> memory. It, it all depends. It depends on so many different factors. You know, there was one day where I had to run some errands. And I went somewhere and there was a road work and it detoured me insanely. And then the detour got detoured and I'm driving all over God's creation. You know, as Bruce put it, and I just could not figure out where the hell I was going. And then I was trying to do something at the library and uh, there was no parking. And I was losing my mind. I'm like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And I literally drove around the library for half an hour trying to find a place to park. And I'm like, okay, I hate this. Yeah. Because if I was in Brooklyn, I would just walk to the library and there wouldn't be detours and I wouldn't have to worry about this or that or the other thing. Uh, Obviously, there were were other negatives to Brooklyn. But it's just one of those (laughs) things where where fate put in my way things that made me miss Brooklyn (laughs) one right after the other. Um, I know you don't miss it. No, I mean, I miss, uh, I never thought I'd say this, but I miss the commute. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it is definitely taking some adjusting yeah. here. How much earlier are you waking up now as opposed uh, to when you had to get up in Brooklyn? I'm waking up about 40 minutes early. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting up about an hour earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't super care about that. Yeah. Um, it's the fact that I, I mean, I leave the house at 740 and I don't get to work till 10 after nine. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's not cool. Um, and you have to leave at seven forty on the dot. Yeah, you can't leave at seven. You can't leave at seven forty one. I mean, that's the biggest commute adjustment is this idea that there are specific train times that I have to catch. Right. It's not just wait five minutes for the next subway. right. And like if I miss it, I'm screwed. So right. um, you know, leaving work is a whole different mindset. Uh, the whole thing is really funny. So, um, but I will say, I, I just want to say one more thing, which is that um, my favorite thing about not being in Brooklyn is that. As an example, 4th of July, we went to our town's park and there was a big celebration all day and we showed up and I kept sort of like waiting for the crowds. (laughs) And then I realized, oh, this is the crowd. This is the crowd, right. right. Like there's just not as many people here. So you're not, I don't know, like in in New York, I was always like, 
you got to get there early. You have to be prepared to wait in long lines. Right. You ha- you're going to be bumping into people constantly. I don't know. And here, it's just not like that. And it is I, refreshing. I, th- I think it's entirely possible that the population of this town is roughly equivalent to, say, three or four blocks Seriously. where we live. And yeah. I'm not even joking. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's a very, very different situation. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought of that. That's <laughs> I, I wasn't having that experience of, of waiting for the crowds. I kept being like, where is everyone? I was, I, like, I was all here. I was looking for balloons. Leia wanted a balloon, and I couldn't find the damn balloons. So, yeah. All right. So let's uh, let us move on and and talk. You know, actually, a nice segue um, in, into the main topics of the, of the podcast is in moving. We had some decisions to make in terms of childcare. Yes. Because, as longtime listeners know, for a long time, your mother was coming to Brooklyn t- for two days a week yep. to look after Leia so that I could actually be productive in terms of my career and for various reasons she couldn't do that anymore right probably about a month before we moved yeah it it suddenly became she's coming up for half a day or she's not coming right it became less consistent um and uh so we had to think of something to do and well i mean that was part of it but the other part of it also was I think this was good for her, and this was the time to well, do it. Well, I mean, but there were a few options. There were a few options, but but keeping your mother was not one of them. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. Right. So we had we had Love to you, Mom. we had to, <laughs> <laughs> we had to pick a, uh, a an alternative, and there were several alternatives. And what we ultimately landed on was a, a daycare situation, um, and. This impacted me in a way I was not expecting. It, yeah, it really did impact you. It really, I really sort of uh, lost it. I was going to say freaked out, but but lost it is fine <laughs> too. I really was. I was just really worried about taking her someplace and leaving her with a stranger and walking away. And and there was a whole constellation of of emotions tied up in this. There was, there was fear and concern, obviously, but there was also a lot of guilt. I felt like, I felt like, um, I was, uh, I can't remember the exact phrase that I used, but I felt like I was sort of palming her off on someone else so that I could have fun like that. That's how Uh it felt to me. It felt like I was, I was abandoning her so that I could kick back and relax, Uh which just felt incredibly wrong. And you, by the way, is kind of what I feel like every day when I go to work. Yeah. (laughs) You and my mother and some friends of ours that I spoke to were all like, no, Barry, like, this is okay. It's Uh all right to do this. Um, And we found a great place. And and hilariously enough, it is literally a five-minute drive from our house. Well, and the even, can I talk about the even funnier thing? Which is that after two or three weeks there, oh, yeah. we were meeting, uh, we were hanging out with a friend of mine, my former roommate, who lives in the same town. She moved here about three years before we did. Yeah. And just had her second baby. And we were hanging out. The kids were playing. And I said, hey, what do you guys do for daycare? Because I didn't know. And she told us where her son goes. And we said, um, <laughs> that's where our daughter goes. That's where our daughter goes. And it turns out they know each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, she asked her son, do you know Leia? And he was like, yeah, Mom. And we were like, oh, we had no idea. So right. that made me feel better. Like, Yeah, yeah. that there was somebody else who was there um, and had an experience there. And obviously we didn't know that at the time. And it's a perfectly lovely woman who runs this place, and everything is great. Um, and, again, it's literally five minutes from the house. So my concerns... You know, like I, if anything goes wrong, right. I am You're five right minutes away, which is probably closer than I would be in the house. Right. Um, so 
but I, I just had a lot of trouble with this. And fortunately, Leia has really taken to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that first day was really tough for me. Um, I came back to the house and I was constantly thinking, where is she? Like, yeah. oh my God, I'm not paying attention. Where, 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 where is she? Is she hurting herself? And I'm like, oh no, somebody else is looking after her. And I was calling the daycare. Is she okay? Did Aww. she take a nap? Did she eat lunch? Did she do this? Um, and, uh, and, but, but she's good and she loves it and she has fun there. So, and frankly, again, I don't know if it's coincidence, if it's just timing, right. if this is going to happen anyway, but her vocabulary has exploded. Yeah. She yeah. talks nonstop. I mean, literally within a week. Yeah. Saying 20 new words. Yeah. Um, it, it was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. she, uh, kids need that socialization. So. Yeah. I mean, it, and again, it could be a coincidence. I mean, she was, she was late on the speaking curve anyway, uh-huh. so it could yeah. just be everything of clicked. Course, yeah. We'll, we'll never know, obviously. Um, but it all worked out. And I mean, you know, I felt sort of silly for all the stress I was putting on myself, Um, but I just had a lot of trouble letting go. So now she is uh, three days a week. Uh She's in daycare and uh, two days a week. She's with me. Yeah. So, um, happy medium. Yeah. It's sort of the best of both worlds. I still get a lot of daddy time with her. Um, but at the same time I can actually work and, uh, and try to get things done. So that seems like a segue into writing. Okay. So, um, what Writing. You, now, what is that? What is that? <laughs> do people do that? Because we don't. <laughs> no, I mean, the funny thing is I've been for yeah, the past couple have. of weeks. I've actually uh, started working on some stuff again, which, which is great. Um, that is great. I'll, I'll, go ahead, I'll go ahead and do an update. Um, first of all, uh, bang. Um, the uh, I, I'm getting the page proof for that, which is the last step that I get with it before uh-huh. it goes off into the great beyond to be turned into an actual book. Um, it will be coming out in April, which seems really far away, but then I remind myself it's almost August. Right. So it's and not, it's here. not yeah. actually that far away. So that's really cool. And speaking of August, your next book is out, Yes, right? this August. Yes. Yeah. Coming out in a few weeks is the secret C. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, but then I've been working on, uh, you know, it started out, I, I was working on two different things. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sort of working on three different things because okay. it's me and they just, they just multiply. So I've got a couple of, a few different things I'm working on and my plan is to give you some pages nice. from them to Great. see them. And, uh, and then I'm going to figure out which one I want to, I yeah. want to really focus on. Um, so that's, what's going on with me with writing. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Um, I'm sort of, sort of all over the place. Yeah. Part of this is, um, I'm pregnant. And very tired. And whatever little bits of energy I used to have after we would put our kid to bed, after I've worked all day, after our, our, my new long commute, um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to, yeah. to find any motivation to, to actually do that. Um, I have been working on a picture book that I've been actually writing on the train, which is fun. Um, I do have that chapter book series that I'm... Um, working on, I finished outlining the first book, but have not touched it since then. Um, and again, part of this is I'm exhausted. Part of it is when we come home every night, there's stuff to do for the house. Um, and that is a, I mean, that's a big thing. Yeah. That's holding me back too. Yeah, of course. I mean, basically I, I am impressed that you're getting any writing done because even on the days when she's in daycare, like you're like, I ran to Lowe's to pick up this stuff. I put this together. I did this. I returned this, you know, there's always something to do. Yeah. Um, but it is about, I, I really need to sort of refocus and, um, and make it a point. And I'm hoping that my fatigue will lift right. any day now, which it should. Um, and then in terms of the, the YA, um, that 
I has been out all year. Uh, I, I've sort of given up on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I got a lot, a lot of good feedback, but ultimately all rejections, right. including on the, the R and R's and, uh, you know, I, I can't beat a dead horse here. You know, and it's funny because when you first told me, I, I remember you said to me, oh, said, I was saying something about the book because I had an well, idea. You mentioned another I was I was recommending and, an agent and you said yeah. to me, Barry, it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you were very just blunt and matter of fact about it. And at first I was actually very upset with you. Were you? Yeah. Because I love it. I just, I, I love listen, this book. I love it too. I, 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 I love this book. And then I, I remembered that the book that I wrote before Fanboy and Goth Girl, I loved that book. Yeah. And I felt really strongly about it. And I had to put it aside. Yeah. And I had to move on to something else. I had spent enough time on it. Yeah. That's it. And I, I mean, I've spent yeah. like four effing years on this. Like, yeah. it is yeah. time. So, yeah. So, and you know. And the fact of the matter is that that was the book that I had to write in order to write the book that mm-hmm. I got published. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the same thing with you. Yeah, except that's that's what everyone said about the last book, the one that got me the agent. Well, yeah. I didn't say that about the last no, book. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and my opinion's the only one that matters. Yeah, that's that's convenient. It is. Yeah. It's enormously convenient. <laughs> it's a convenient truth. <laughs> anyway, it's... um. I, you know, and again, part of this, I know how I get when I'm pregnant. I get sort of, um, I, I give up on a lot of things. (laughs) I get, I should say I get very insular. Like my energy just turns inward. Um, I don't have a lot of extra space in my head for creativity. I, I lose a lot of creativity because it's just going elsewhere. Well, it's pregnancy brain. I know. And, and so, and we're here to tell you people it's a thing. It's, it's it's a thing for certain people. And I am one of them. Um, and I, I have enough it's it's a struggle enough to get through my work day and be on the top of my game and i just don't have the extra to do it for creative writing as well right. so um i fully expect and frankly that's why i'm working on a picture book and a chapter book right now because i do not have the headspace or the mental stamina to write another YA right now. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it's more of a protracted process yeah. to, to do a novel as opposed to a yeah. chapter book or a picture book. Mm-hmm. Not saying that those are easier. Certainly just not. Saying They're just different. It's just and I different, need something different. And it's, it's a shorter period yes. of time. Yeah. Uh, it's just as, it's just as difficult, but yeah. it's, it's time wise. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I think that, I, I, I think that's a very sensible thing. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not angry anymore. Um, Thanks. You know. I mean, I'm still pissed. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not angry at you. I mean, I'm very angry at the world. And in fact, in fact, let, let's talk about that because... Okay. Let's talk about our anger at the world. Let's talk about our anger at the world. Um, because, you know, somebody, an, an agent tweeted a little while back while we were on hiatus. Um, she, she was sort of annoyed because she knew that... She was just getting around to answering some queries, and she figured that she was going to get responses from these people saying, oh, I've already got an offer of representation. I already signed with somebody. And she's, she said something like, uh, if you're going to – if, if you get an offer, an offer, if you've had an offer, it's only professional and courteous to let the people you've queried know. And that just lit me up. It's because. Wow. Right. We, we, will be, we will be I'm busting so... out the, the sensor beep right away. <laughs> because, And I'm going to add, after this brief story, another tweet from an agent I saw that made me immediately unfollow the agent because okay. I was so angry at what they yeah. said. I mean, it, it bothers me because I have, you know, it's been a long time since I've had to look for an agent. But I have watched you looking for an agent and other people as well. I don't want to make this sound like I'm just basing this on my wife's experience. Right, right. I have other friends who are in the process of, of looking 
for, uh, for, for agents. And I get that everybody's busy, and I get mm-hmm. that in particular agents get swamped with stuff. I understand that. But I am horrified by the lack of follow-through <laughs> and the lack of response and if you want to talk about professionalism yeah. and courtesy, you need to look inward first. Yeah. Because there's a reason why wannabe writers out there are flooding agents with queries and then not getting back to them when they get an offer. It's because they never hear back from these mm-hmm. people. Or it takes literally years. Literally years. Literally. Yeah. Not exaggerating. Years. With an S on the end. Yeah. And that is just ridiculous. And again, again, I get that you're busy. I get you get that you've got a lot to do. We're all busy. You got to figure it out. Yeah, because exactly. That, figure out your own email management system. That is that is the height of unprofessional and discourteous. Yeah. And you know what? I want to I want to clarify. If someone has a partial or a full from me, right, and I get an offer, one hundred percent, I Absolutely. would reach out to them. But a, but a query? query, no. And I like to hear that from a an established agent. Like, does that agent not realize how many queries writers send out? Right. So, like, what? So, we have to do all the emailing and you don't have to do any? Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, you don't even have no. to bother to respond to right, the query. Yeah. But you want... You want... And, right. And, and, and honestly, given how long it takes them to respond to a query, what confidence do you have that they will even see your email saying, right. oh, by the way, I got an offer before they look at the query right, yeah. and ask you for a full or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. And so in the same vein, I saw a tweet from an agent saying something, it was something very sarcastic and it was a, along the lines of, hey, aspiring writers, when you follow me on Twitter and I reject your query and then you unfollow me, I remember you for the next time. And I got <laughs> so mad because you know what? Some of that is self-preservation. Yeah. So if a if there's an aspiring writer who just queried their dream agent and that agent declines, maybe that person just can't face seeing those tweets all day long. Yeah. What, why would you want to see a tweet from that that person saying, "I just signed a great cl- great right. new client"? It's it, it, it's like you know you ask a girl the prom and she says no. You're not going to make an you're not going to make an effort to hang out with her after right, that. Right. Like why would you do that? Yeah. No, hell, avoid her. And that tweet just felt like. So it felt, first of all, vaguely threatening. Like, I see you. I remember your name. And also so incredibly patronizing. And I just, oh, you know, we all know where I'm standing with with literary agents these days, which is, I'm not a fan of the system. Look, look, there is a lot of room to beat up aspiring authors for, for for their unprofessional behavior, for their, for their discourteous behavior. Um, I have done it a lot. It's great sport. <laughs> it's only fair to wield the bat in the other direction as well when it is called for. And yeah. it is called for in this instance. And, you know. Like, and I just want to be clear. But, like, I didn't query either of these two agents. Right. I have had no personal yeah. dealings with them. The, and and we, we're, not, we're not trying to beat up on these agents. We are oh, using, I am. No. <laughs> We are using their comments as a springboard. Yeah. To, to talk this, about the to general, talk about the general industry here. Yes, the general industry. Like I said, this isn't just about you. This is about a lot of people that I know, and it's clearly not just about these two agents. Right. Because if it were, then every other agent would be getting back to people, and there'd be nothing to talk right. about. I would actually love for. <laughs> I would love if there was a project where agents like had to submit their average response time. Yeah. Because, and I know there are websites like Query Tracker. There are databases online. There are. um, But they're sort of self-selecting. They're self-selecting. I read them but have never submitted to them. So, like, most people don't. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it is, I literally have outstanding queries from nine months ago. Yeah. And that's, that's on the low end. Right. Like, so it's just absurd. Yeah. Yep. It's ridiculous. Anyway. All right. 
So that concludes this episode of Bash an Agent. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. No, I'm kidding. All right. So I want to talk uh, about getting older. <laughs> um, not as a parent or as a spouse, but as a writer. Yeah. Because I saw a blog uh, recently by Marion Dane Bauer, who is a, uh, a, a longtime young adult children's author. And she talks about feeling as though she has finally gotten to the point where she's perhaps too old to write children's books. And this is something that that sort of gets talked about a lot in children's book circles is sort of the irony that, you know, we're all older, but we're all in touch with our inner child. And that's how we write these children's books. You know, I've I have joked repeatedly that I'm 15 years old deep down. I never got past 15 emotionally or or, you know, maturationally. And 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 that's how. Yeah, I no seriously. (laughs) I mean, um, it's not a good thing. But that's where that's what it is, um, and that's how I'm able to do this stuff. But she wrote about how you know she's had trouble lately getting things published, and that sort of her her agent told her that her work has become quieter. Interesting. Oh, the dreaded Q word. Yeah, and uh, and 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 so the whole blog is sort of at her coming to terms with this and thinking you know maybe I just. I'm just too old now. Like, finally, at this stage of my right. life, I'm finally too old to, to write children's books. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I mean, do, do you think, I mean, I guess we can all name some, you know, very, very old folks who sure. still write children's books. Yeah. But, like, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like my books are getting quieter, for lack of a better term. Hmm. I know that that I've had, you know, that some of the comments on some of my more recent books have been things like, like, do we need this part? Like, do teenagers care about this mm. sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And and I'm my response is always sort of a baffled. I don't know, but I don't care if they care. Like, that's the story. <laughs> and 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 I'm just wondering, like, am I finally like, am I 16 now? Uh-huh, <laughs> or 17? Yeah, or, or like, have I hit my 20s at right. this point? Like, am I no longer? I, I just right. don't know. Huh. I, I don't know. What, yeah. what do you think about that? Do you think that's possible to sort of age out of that? I mean, I think it's possible. I don't want to say age out. I feel like that sounds really harsh. Okay. I think it's 100% possible and, frankly, likely that, I mean, she's been talking about being a writer for, what, 40 years? Yeah. Yeah, she began to publish 40 years ago. You've been writing for 15 years now? Yeah. Your writing changes. Think about, I always think about your favorite musician. Like, for me, it's Tori. Right. Her, I mean, musicians go through the, the same idea, right? Everyone loves their first two albums, and then like when you get to the eighth or ninth, they're like, "Oh, she's lost all her right. all her audacity." You I know? want her to do stuff like her first album, right? Yeah. yeah, and and I so it doesn't surprise me that um, people may th- even if they're not saying it in those same words. I think people think that about writers who've been writing for a long time as well. Um, obviously, I think when you're writing children's books, there's a unique challenge there, which is yes, you are you are getting much further away from the audience you're writing for versus you know Stephen King, who's his audience is growing with him. Right. Your audience isn't necessarily. Right. Um, but that said, I was, I'm was i more interested in the idea of um, this idea that there are generations of authors. Oh. And so, you know, there was the, like, when YA really became a thing, you were part of that first generation. Uh, well, yeah, I was no. sort of the tail end of tail the first generation. end gen- of the first I mean, generation. I think of, of the first generation as being sort of... Early 2000, like, okay. like Laurie Halls Anderson. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and some of those guys. Yeah. And my first book was 2006. So I feel like... Yeah, but I feel generation like, is what? No, like, 10 to 20 years? I don't know. Well, that's a that's, pretty long time yeah, yeah. For, for publishing. But I, th- I think... I, I just feel, I feel like I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying I'm at the, yeah, I'm at the, the very tail end, end yeah. of that. Yeah. So 
I feel like there are cycles of, of YA authors in particular only because I mean, maybe it's just because I know more about YA, um, than I do chapter books, but it does sort of feel like there's a recycling of, uh, not recycling, a cycling of, of authors Mm. and, um, you know, the authors that were super popular in this time frame have now moved on to this and there's a whole batch of fresh YA authors. And, and what does that mean? Because I I don't know, I'm... I'm interested in both of these, uh, both of these ideas of, of aging and of generations of, of authors. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like. I think it's I think it's silly to assume that people's writing styles won't change or that their subject matters won't change because you're still evolving as a person. Sure, and I, I, I guess what she's saying and what I'm sort of fiddling with yeah. is this idea that as it changes, it for lack of a better term, ages you out of writing that that particular market mm-hmm. appreciates. You know, you said before, you know, writing for your audience. And, and that's always been one of my problems is I don't write no, for don't. Yeah. the teen audience. Uh-huh. I just, you just that, write, I just write yeah. books that happen to have teenagers in them. So they're YA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just, I, I'm wondering, you know, okay, as I'm evolving and changing and God forbid maturing, you know, is it just that I'm getting to the point now where even though I'm still writing about teenagers, I'm not writing stuff that teenagers want to read? Like, does that make sense? Like, that that but, just sort of... But it's another adult who's telling you that. Right? Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. It's... Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. know. I, I don't know. I... I but it's funny because I sort of had that sense before somebody started saying yeah. something to me. Okay. I sort of had the sense that, oh... I'm sort of going off in this yeah. other direction now, and I like it. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't like, uh oh, I bet a course yeah. cracked. It was, ooh, no, look at that, yeah. shiny. I want to go over there. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I what think that's it's funny just because I'm thinking of my own writing, and I actually worked backwards. Yeah, I started out writing, you know, during chiclet, um, which I'm dying for a resurgence of. But anyway, like during the chiclet phase in my twenties. Obviously, none of it got anywhere, but I was writing chiclet yeah. of 20-something women like me, and then I moved to YA, college, and then I moved to YA, <laughs> and then I moved to a chapter book, and then a picture book. It's very funny. <laughs> Pretty soon, you will be writing fiction for the fetal. <laughs> yeah, right? But do you think that, um, I mean, do you think that having a kid brings you back into the headspace if you think you've lost it? I, I don't. I don't know, because... I'm, well, actually, I will say this. I will stri- strike that because I will say this instead. I actually think having a kid is is what is causing this for me. I oh. think it is compelling me to be to grow adult. up. Okay, because yeah. I'm responsible for her. That makes sense. And like for the first time in my life, like I have to think about somebody else before I think about myself, right, yeah. which is the most unnatural, freakish thing. <laughs> and and so I think that's sort of. Forcing me into this situation. Now, when she becomes a teenager, right? Will that suddenly make me trigger something in you again? Like focus on teenagers more yeah. again? I have no or idea. Or will you feel that gap between you? Well, guys, that's just you know? it too. Like, like you were talking before about Snapchat, and I know Snapchat. I understand Snapchat. <laughs> like, I'm, this is not me being an old man. I just have zero interest. Uh-huh. I'm just like I look at it and I go, "Oh my god, why on earth?" And <laughs> and I feel that way about emoji, and I feel that <laughs> like there are just so many things I feel that way about. And I again, I understand the attraction. Like I'm not one of these guys who's going, no, "Why why would anybody yeah. want to?" No, it's why would I want to? Yeah. And I, the answer is I don't. Uh-huh. And so I don't know. Like 
when she's into, you know, telepathic texting right. in, in 15 years, like, am I going to go, that's cool, or am I going to be like, oh, they? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. So we'll see. I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on that. I would love to hear other people's thoughts on that, especially people with kids, especially people with older kids. Yeah. Like, like has it has it changed? Like, did you feel more mature and then less mature as time right. went on and, and your kids were able to take care of themselves? I would love to hear about this. I'm dying to hear about this. Um, let's, uh, let, let, let's talk quickly about, uh, about recommended reading. I, have you been reading anything? Um, I have been reading basically nonstop because you have such a long commute. I have a nice long commute. And also I just feel like there were a plethora of new releases out over the past couple of months that Mm. I have just been immensely enjoying. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out first. I reread, um, the diviners. Ah. And this is going to sound dumb, but I like forgot how good it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I reread it because I hadn't yet read Lair of Dreams, which is book two. Um, this is by Libba Bray, for those of you who Friend um, of the show. live under a rock. So um, anyway, so I'm in the middle of Lair of Dreams, but it is a hard, it is a actual physical book. Yeah. Do you remember those things? So, um, so that's here. That's my like bedtime reading. And uh, on my e-book, on my e-reader, I have, um, I've been reading so much. So I, let me give some quick recommendations here. The most recent book that I was obsessed with was Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Dandler, which, um, adult fiction, so, like, stunning. Quietly stunning. And, um... This Sounds is, like a blurb on the cover. Yes. Quietly stunning, Morgan Bade. <laughs> but it was one of those books that, um, I believe she got a very significant advance for this book. Like, very significant. And I remember sort of rolling my eyes when I read that. And then I read the book. And I was like, oh my God, worth every penny. (laughs) Worth every penny. Isn't that nice when Uh when you feel that way? I felt that way about Room by Emma Uh, Donahue. Um, You know, it it got a good advance. Emma's agent is my agent. So I knew behind the scenes (laughs) what was going on. I knew it got a really good advance. um, And I knew that it was getting a lot of early buzz. And... uh, I got an early copy before it came out, and I remember lying on my sofa and reading it, and I remember calling my agent and saying, you know, whenever I hear about a book that got a great advance and is getting a lot of early buzz, I always know it's going to suck um, (laughs) because they're trying too hard. But you tell Emma that I said she deserves all that and more because this book's magnificent. So, yeah, that's great when that happens. Um, I, I have not been reading anything because I've just been, I'm either with her or I've been trying to write mm-hmm. or I've been doing house stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have not had a lot of time to read, but I have downloaded a book, uh, called in the after by Demetria Lunetta that was recommended by one of our listeners ah. months ago when yeah. I put out a call yeah. when I asked for, for good books and this was one of them and I read the sample and it was really good. So I downloaded it. It better live up to it. Uh, if it falls apart. I'm coming after the people who recommended it. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to reading that. Cool. So that is what we've got for this week, folks. We are back now. We will be back next week and the week after. You can't get rid of us that easily. Uh, and, thank you for your patience. Uh, yes, thank you for waiting. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you next week. Uh, please, please, if you are not already, follow us on Twitter at WIRL Podcast. Uh, come visit us at writingreallife.com, leave comments, look at our show notes, let us know what you want us to talk about, and uh, visit us on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and give us, give us stars. We love stars. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye.